0: The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, updates, and other home related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you are looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Bove. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. I'm your host here every week i've been selling real estate here in greater victoria since 1991 i've handled hundreds of transactions here in our fair city no two transactions are the same that's what makes this job in this industry so much fun i'm proud to be ranked as one of the top remax agents here in western canada and i'd be pleased to help you as well too You can find my contact information and the rest of the whole home show team members on the cfax1070.com website, look under shows there. You'll find us the whole home show with me, Tony, Joe. All the rest of their contact information is there as well, too. And they do report that they hear from you guys regularly, as do I. Uh, I do appreciate hearing from listeners asking um, for contact information for some of the guests that we've had in the past. Not only the recent past, but also the past past, because we go way back now. We've got 200 episodes, we've been at this for four years. Oh my goodness, time flies. It feels like just yesterday. But you know, that's what happens when you're having fun, right? I enjoy this, I enjoy bringing content and information to you, the listener here at CFAX 1070 every week. And I will continue doing this for as long as you'll have me. I do hope you're all doing well under our current pandemic conditions. Uh, I thought it would be a great time to do a best of variety episode with clips from some of our past episodes. And I've got to tell you, it was a more difficult exercise than I expected because there's been so many great guests and topics over the years. It's been really hard to pick. So today, you'll be hearing from a first-time buyer and his experiences breaking into the Victoria Marketplace. Victoria's expensive marketplace. We're also going to have a conversation about depreciation reports and buying a condo because strata documents and all those things, uh, they're just, you know, they're either a foreign language. So who can you have to review all these things for you? So we'll be talking with Ryan from Clear and also our show sponsor, Denise Webster, about uh, how you can get into the market through buying a condo and then finally we're going to be hearing about what's going on or what was going on it still is happening right now in seemingly crazy toronto with my friend sandra kirkland over at royal lepage so lots of great stuff and as a reminder everyone uh, if you are a podcast listener if you are itunes or google play person you can download all of our episodes. We have 200 episodes now over the course of the past four years with so much great information. Most of our guests are local. We have people from across the country as well too. I have been doing my best to support local businesses. That's been so important, especially in the past year during our pandemic days. I think it's really important. I'm thrilled to announce that uh, our guests get calls from you, the loyal CFAX listeners, asking for service. Um, It's a great thing. And by the way, if if you have had someone provide uh, like a tradesperson or something real estate related uh, and you got great service, and you would like to tell the rest of Victoria about it, reach out to me. We're always looking for new guests. Uh, I mean, I'm thrilled that I get calls on a regular basis. It's the reason why I've had content for you for four years, but you know, there's always the opportunity. Uh, Just have them reach out to me. I would love to meet with them, learn more about them, and help other listeners learn more about them as well too. We always have of course a, a listener story or question and if you have one uh, you like to share with us and we'd like to cover it on the air here give us a call the phone number uh, to, to call us at is 250-414-6540 that's 250-414-6540 be sure to leave a message uh with the details uh i'll call you back uh or i'll just uh uh, convey your story online there's been so many fun ones over the years uh again this has just been so much fun you know i have to say I, i i'm just in a really happy mood today like being happy i have to say uh one of our listeners and a client of mine um she told me that over the years and listening to this program She's felt very comfortable she, with me, and she feels that uh, the information that we have provided and all of the contacts we've been provided have really helped her out in her um, in her process, her real estate process, a very complicated process. And I love that. I love hearing these things. Uh, it is my pleasure. I love being here for all of you uh, every weekend. Um, and, you know, I, it, it's, it's my kind of first foray into being on a, uh, a station, and I do find that, you know, all of the other CFAQ celebrities that you all know well, that I have had the opportunity to meet, uh, it's much the same, you know. Who you hear on the air is uh, who you get, and um, I think it's—I think it would be hard for someone to hide their personality when they're on the air or on TV or or, or whatever. So um, I, I love hearing things like that. Now I get agents all the time asking me, "Well, do do you do this for business? Is it all about the business?" Um, you know, actually, no it's been it's been fun um it's a lot of work guys so any other real estate agent that is thinking of you know having their own uh uh, radio program or podcast you know podcasts are very common nowadays right um it's a lot of work setting things up but you know as they always say it's not work if you love what you do and i happen to love what i'm doing so again uh, everyone i will continue to be here for as long as uh you will have me now, something I do want to cover really quickly in our remaining time right now is a question came up this week about uh, showings and specific because it is so common nowadays to have uh, multiple offers, delayed offers. You know, we don't look at offers for five days, seven days. Uh, and then generally speaking, it's been multiple offers. Uh, I had a client actually ask about hey, could we list the property for sale on Friday and start showings on Monday? uh, because they wanted to go away and, you know, it'd be easier and all that kind of stuff. Um, something that I had to tell them that, uh, consumers don't know about, uh, is the fact that we have a board regulation, a real estate board regulation. Uh, and I'm not making this up cause I'm going to read it to you right now. It's regulation 2.4, um, for listings, access to listings. Um, buyer's agents shall have reasonable access to any property listed within the board's lo- listing database. A buyer's agent's request to show property that is the subject of an MLS listing shall not be denied or unreasonably delayed. Failure to provide reasonable access to the property will result, will result in board staff changing the status of the listing to withdrawn. Um, And it also says no member will submit a listing. This is 2.4.1. No member shall submit a listing for inclusion in the board's multiple listing database where a delay exists preventing other members from showing the listed property. So it's a regulation. When a property is listed for sale, it has to be showable immediately unless it's a tenanted property. Um, We've got regulations to follow, and that's what it's all about at the Real Estate Board. Anyways, uh, we're gonna take our quick break here. When we come back, it's a best of episode talking about getting into real estate as a first time buyer here in Victoria. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a best of episode today, going back to some interviews that we've had over the past year. Now, back in September, I interviewed a couple of clients new to Victoria, having purchased from all the way in Ontario. But before speaking with them, I had a client and longtime friend share his experiences about being a first time buyer in this market. Join us now on that conversation. One of the biggest struggles that people have is buying their first home. We read about it in the news all the time. Average sale price of properties is a million dollars in Victoria. How the heck can someone enter the real estate market? There's been so much of a push of, you know, prices should go down. There needs to be a correction. You know, uh, even CMHC talked about uh, uh, 8 to 19% reduction, which, by the way, is not going to happen. So the big question is, how do people get in the market? And my next guest that we have right now is a client of mine. And uh, he is someone that has a great story to tell. Uh, and I would like to introduce right now, Tony, Tony, thanks for coming uh, on the program here.
1: Thank you, Tony. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to just set the stage a little bit here. Um, y- you are a long time Victorian. You own your own business. Uh, you've owned your own business for years. Uh, you decided just to, was it three years ago now to, to buy your first home, right?
1: Well, you know what? I've been living in it for three and a half, four years. Oh, okay. Okay. Three and a half. Yeah but I bought it three years prior to that. Really, I'm 52 now. Yeah. I bought it when I was forty-six.
0: Yeah. It was a pre-sale because it was a pre-sale. It was yeah. a pre-sale. Yeah. Got it. All right. So so here's the thing. You've you've always wanted to buy a property, and of course you've been looking and you see prices go up and everything. You see, so many people go, Oh, I can never get in the market. It's not possible. How the heck can people get in the market? How did you do
1: it? Well I agree with the feeling of those people because it was very daunting, even for me. But, uh, and I was very old. I wasn't a a kid getting his first house. So um, I just thought I'll never get one. But um, there was something rather inexpensive on the market and it was a good time on the market to get it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had a good job. I had my own business for several years. Yeah. So I started to make good good money for the first time in my life,
0: yeah.
1: and and, uh, and by and by the they, way, one they, of, they, one and, of the ahead.
0: keys one of the keys is that you do everything above board. So you kept you keep records when it went when it came to uh, qualifying for your mortgage. You had all your documentation and everything, so that was not a problem at all. And you're a good saver too, right?
1: I'm a good saver. I had a great credit score because I keep everything clean. Uh, I'm not a crazy spender. I don't have any bad habits, so yeah. uh, I'm able to save some money. But the, but the other thing too is you. Let's face it, you sacrificed because for all those
0: years, you you've socked away money and you saved and you you had discipline, right? Um, you right, like you, but you lived it, it, all,
1: it all really happened within a you know within about four years prior to me buying. Yeah, Because at that point, I had paid for the purchase of my business, which I had a loan for. Yep. So I had paid for that. And then I had more money coming in because that loan was paid. And I was able to save some money. Yep. And I thought, you know, I have to do something with this money. It's not going to make me rich, the amount that I'm saving. Yep. In the bank. And, yep. In the bank, just sitting there. And uh, I'm not a stock market guy. And I could see at this age that um, real estate is solid and always solid and always going up. And Victoria is the best town for real estate because it's a government town. It's a very solid market. I always say if things are falling apart here. Then the whole world's falling apart. So
0: (laughs) for sure, for sure. Yeah,
1: it's a very solid town for real estate. But, you know, up until
0: that, up until you became a homeowner, you, I remember you were, you had roommates, you were renting a place, you know, you, you've always lived modestly, like you, you've lived within your means and you had a goal to save down payment, right?
1: Yes. I mean, there was a time when I, I looked at my expenses and I thought, uh, the way to get ahead is cut your expenses and save money. And I did that by getting in a house with roommates And so, like I said, it took about four years and I had this bunch of money and started looking for a place and and you and I found it and, uh, it was a wonderful place I'm, I'm glad I'm here well because
0: you know what I, I I've mentioned this many times in the show I, I was on a, a call in uh, at Cfax a few years ago and I made the comment to someone who was complaining about not being able to get in the marketplace and I said, well you know if you cut back your you know daily Starbucks or your two Starbucks a day and you cut back on a couple things you know it's amazing how things kind of add up of course you know he was kind of angry about that because he's like you know don't judge me for you know whatever and I wasn't but you know I, 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 I think about people like you who again ha- have the discipline and y- you've, you've saved the money and you put it in another place, which is your home right
1: Yes, I mean it's very hard to save money if you don't live by your means and if you want too much and you start living on credit yeah. and i 'm kind of simple that way uh, i wasn't fond of credit cards early on and I, I just keep things simple. I like to have money when I buy something and pay for it. Yeah. And, and so that kind of old school mentality does help you save.
0: But the other thing too is, and I should mention, I mean, you're on your own. Like this is not, this is not a two income kind of situation. No, this, like, is,
1: this is a one income thing. Yeah, It might help that I don't have kids. No. You know, I don't have that expense. No. But I didn't have anyone helping me either. Yeah, So that's important to note as well.
0: Okay, so let's fast forward now to now. And we know what's happened with your condo because you, you bought it, it's up. Uh, what do we figure? I mean, you're up. Uh, it you're doubled. Up.
1: Yeah. It, it really doubled because I bought at the right time. There was a certain time, jeez, I guess it was four years ago when the market really shot up. So uh, I was happy for that. Yeah. Uh, I had some bad luck uh, 20 years ago trying to buy and my credit wasn't good yeah. from some mistake that I made. So I had some bad luck in real estate, some good luck, and then when I bought, it was good luck.
2: But the other
0: thing, too, is a like I remember, when you bought, I mean, it's never an easy decision. Like, I mean, you you had to really analyze the sh- situation and make sure that it was the right thing, and it took a lot of thinking, and that's the way it should be, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you wanna feel 100% in your gut and in your mind that you wanna go through with this. I just felt like I couldn't lose it was very one of the cheapest things on the market yeah and so it would cost me about as much as rent cost me yeah and uh i was saving good money anyway and i just said let's go ahead i got to get into the market got to get started
0: well and here's the other thing and i hope you don't mind me saying but i mean you and i often talk about your next step because now that you've built all this equity because the market drove the value up you've got a whole bunch of other options that you can start investigating
1: right i, I do have options and that's the beauty of equity. When uh, the prices go up, you get equity, and then you ha- you do have more options, you can buy more. Yeah. Uh, there's an old saying, money comes to money. Yeah. And so equity is a form of money. And uh, like you say, it opens up options. Yeah. See, I, I'm so
0: glad that you came to, to, to talk uh, to people about this because you know we, we probably have not only potential uh, first-time buyers, but parents and grandparents that listen to our program here. And they have to know that, you know, uh, it is possible. You know, you, people like you have made that step and it's never an easy one. Um, But it takes that discipline. Right. And um, I mean, I'm so happy for you because it has really, it's, it's changed a lot of things in your life. Right.
1: Yeah. It um, enables me now to build a solid retirement plan. I'm looking forward to getting that income property, you know, and uh, I'm very close. I, could have had one already, but I'm just waiting for the right time to buy for me. And um, yeah, that, that's another giant step.
0: Well, and the other thing too, is, as you mentioned it before, you're not young. So it's not like, you know, you've got to be 20 years old or 30 years old. You can start at 46, right. Or 50 or whatever. Right.
1: Yes. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, you can't get much later than that. But, but look, it, it worked for me. You don't want to push it much later than that. But yeah, you can start late.
0: Amazing. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate this. We, we like to hear from people who actually are real live, people who have bought. So uh, the bottom line that we're saying with you right now is you can get into the real estate market. Anyone who says you can't, uh, I mean, hey, people like you, the proof is in the pudding. So Tony, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Tony. I'm glad I can help you out.
0: Okay. Uh, and Cheers. for everyone else, need to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, JP Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help in your real estate transaction or if you need some direction or assistance, give any of us at The Whole Home Show a call. We would love to hear from you. We're having a best of episode today, going back to some amazing interviews we've had over the past year. Since Victoria prices have continued to skyrocket, one of the options and maybe even the only option for some buyers is to enter the market by buying a condo, but there's lots to know. Back in August, we had a conversation about depreciation reports and strata documentation with Ryan Stenquist at Condo Clear and also our show partner Denise Webster at Dominion Lending Centers. Listen in now on that conversation. Uh, Speaking of which, I, I think you should touch really quickly on what a depreciation report is just so as our listeners know.
2: Absolutely. So depreciation report is basically a 30-year forecast of all capital cost expenditures that are expected to come up for the Strata Corporation. So again, things like I mentioned, the roof, the windows are often very big things, building envelope. Uh, What they do, the author of that report's gonna come in, they're gonna make an inventory of all those different components. They're gonna look at the age of it, the last time that they were replaced. Uh, Based on industry standards and industry averages, they will come up with when those items likely need to be replaced again. An estimated cost of how much that will cost, and then they use that to format uh, different options that the Strata Corporation can look at as far as how much money they're putting into their conting- contingency account on a on a monthly or annual basis.
0: Okay, you know it it is amazing because you know when we're working with buyers, consumers, uh, and we we explain the depreciation uh, report uh, and the contingency reserve fund um people are surprised to discover that we haven't always had these like these this has only really been mandated by the government in the last uh i'm going to say what maybe like 8 years or something right
2: yeah i think the legislation uh was was passed in 2012 and then it came into effect yeah, in 2013
0: yeah. yeah i was right good uh, good guesser but before yeah. that i mean it was just you know people could do whatever they wanted um and and when you think about it it's such a big investment not only for an individual owner but for all of the owners collectively um Uh, and uh and it is something that like for instance they have it in ontario they have something called a uh, status certificate i believe Mm -hmm. so it's it's a different, different different language right now you also touched earlier on the fact that depreciation reports although are required by law they can also be voted a strata can vote uh they have to vote every year right
2: Correct. Yes. So, so a strata can vote to exempt themselves. That exemption lasts for 18 months, which basically gets them to the next AGM. Yeah. Um, and then it's a three quarter vote uh, uh, to, to waive that requirement. So that's one of the things they're talking about getting rid of the ability for stratas to, to, to defer that or, yeah. or waive it completely. Now, um,
0: now, when you, when you're dealing with a buyer who's looking at buying something and there is not a depreciation report because there are, there are buildings or stratas that don't have them. And, um, you can buy them. Like not having a depreciation report doesn't mean that the person can't buy the property, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. And there's 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 a couple different instances where we see buildings without depreciation reports. Um, probably the least desirable one is when you see see buildings that are that are older and they just have chosen that they don't want to do a depreciation report. That kind of sends up some red flags uh, because now you don't know what you're getting into as you as a buyer, you can have a home inspector come in and do an inspection, but that's still not to the same level of what a depreciation port is. So, so when you, when we see those buildings, when I see those buildings, I'm always very clear with the people that, that no matter how many, how much we go through these documents, there's still gonna be a lot of unknowns that we're not gonna be able to answer for you. Um, The, 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 the second time that that we see stratas without depreciation ports is when they're new builds. So oftentimes stratas will, will waive that requirement for the first two or three years. Uh, and in that situation, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad strategy. If if they're waiving the depreciation report in favor of having engineers' reviews done for warranty purposes, uh, to me personally, I think that's a very valid reason to, to to focus their energy on on the warranty process rather than on the depreciation report. Because stuff. I
0: think it's important for people to understand that the reason why Estrada typically doesn't, they, they opt out of a depreciation report is the cost because they are, they are, they are expensive. they're expensive there it's getting an engineering company in to do the work right
2: yeah yeah depending depending on depending on the size of the building the complexity of the building you can be looking at anywhere from five to twelve thousand dollars for a depreciation port
0: yeah and and uh, the other thing that you touched on which i think is really important is that a, a buyer's own building inspection so getting a building inspector like our, our sponsor shoreline building inspection they're great but it is not the same level of inspection obviously you know that's a surface inspection versus a deep um, you know, uh, uh, forensic uh, accounting of major systems and all that kind of stuff, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, so it's, it, it's really important to, to recognize the differences. And it's also really important to recognize that a depreciation report isn't necessarily a comment on the condition of the building itself. Uh, it, it is more focused on, on the age of the building versus the average lifespan of those, of those components. So, so oftentimes depreciation reports will advise additional studies. So often, thing, often something that comes up is a building envelope condition assessment or a BECCA as we refer to it. Uh, the depreciation part will say, uh, if, especially if a building is getting to that age where it's 25, 30 years old and you're starting to see some, some building envelope issues, um, the depreciation part may say you should get a BECCA done. Uh, and then that's a, that's a much more deeper investigation into the building envelope condition specifically. Uh, otherwise, water piping reports for, for, for older buildings. So so the depreciation report is, is very comprehensive and it gives you a great idea uh, where the Strata Corporation's at, but it's not the end-all be-all of investigations.
0: Well, listen, I want to bring Denise Webster uh, uh, back in here because so the, the question that I had of you is, uh, yeah, there are buildings that don't have depreciation reports. People can still buy properties, but you're saying uh, they just need to have extra caution to know that you know more study needs to be done. So uh, Denise, um, mm. and this is a question that that uh, uh, people have as far as financing is concerned. What, what are the banks or the lenders' positions about depreciation reports? Like what happens when one doesn't exist?
3: It really does come across as a red flag to a lender. They're they're going to really want to dig in and find out why they haven't done a depreciation report. Um, you know, a smaller Strata uh, maybe um, owner um, run managed um they've uh, they will make so like so
0: self-managed as in self-managed yeah okay yeah
3: but if they don't have the depreciation report they're probably going to look for like a two-year history of the minutes and the agms they're going to start to read through everything and just see how well run the self-managed strata is and i've had exceptions made to not having the depreciation report but as a broker to my clients i'm also really advising them right from the get-go when they do see a building without a, a depreciation Depreciation report. We could definitely run into difficulties with the lender. Okay. Um, it is the eyes, the lenders, some request and they will go through those depreciation depreciation reports. Some won't. Um, and as a reminder, the the inspector, the inspection that the buyers order, that's a buyer inspection only. The it is not privy to the lenders. They don't take a look at that. Oh. So their eyes want to be on the depreciation report. They will go through the strata minutes, the AGMs. So. Uh, yes, I've been able to get some exceptions if it is a well-run strata, but it is a kind of a warning to a lender to say, why is there not a depreciation report?
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, Ryan, uh, something else I want to touch on too, is just because there's a depreciation, I think you kind of touched on it. Just because there's a depreciation report doesn't mean the building's a good one, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And this is, I've got a prime example and this is something that I was just dealing with about half an hour before jumping on with you, Tony. Um, and this is something I see, and it's something that, that uh, I really, really don't like. Um, there, there are some depreciation ports out there where the councils will actually direct the author to omit certain things. So the building that I was dealing with this morning was a 1977 building. The council directed the, the author of the depreciation port not to include the building envelope. Was two point six million dollars, not to include repiping, which was a million dollars, not to include the doors and windows, which was one point two million dollars. So all all in uh, that building, the depreciation part was about five million dollars short of what they actually should have had in their projections. Oh my goodness! And this isn't—I don't want to say this is common. But it's common enough that I'm probably seeing it. This is this is a this is a very egregious case of this. Typically, it's not this bad, but this is something I'm seeing probably out of one out of every twenty to thirty reviews that I'm doing. I'm seeing some some evidence of them doing this.
1: Okay.
0: Well, you know what? I mean that uh, as we close up here, that is a, a classic example why somebody needs to have somebody like you at Clear review stuff. It's so an extra set of eyes. Um, Uh, First of all, I know that you guys always appreciate when you get time to do this because I know that sometimes realtors and buyers will go, oh my goodness, I need you guys to review this. I got to remove conditions tomorrow. I'm sure you guys like to have extra, extra lead time, right?
2: Absolutely. yes, Yeah. Yeah. Four five business days is always our goal. Uh, not saying we can't do it quicker, but it, it really depends on, on our volume and how busy we are at any given time.
0: All right. Well, listen, thanks for joining us, uh, Ryan. And of course, Denise, as always. Uh, Ryan, uh, again, if people need to reach you, best way to do that?
2: Uh, Condoclear.ca is our website. Uh, Info at condoclear.ca is our our main email address. And uh, um, our Facebook, group Condoclear Services Inc. on Facebook is full of a lot of great information about Stratas. Uh, I try to post on a daily basis just the things that are going on. And uh, so that's that's a good way to stay in touch. Fantastic. And Denise, as always, if people need to call you, your number again?
3: 250-889-4743 or an email to denise at denisewebster.com.
0: This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a best of episode today, going back to some of our interviews over the course of the last few months. And as I remind people all the time, we do uh, podcast all of our past episodes. If you're an iTunes or Google Play listener, just look for The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. We now have 200 episodes over the course of the past four years with amazing guests, great content, so many things um, that are not only locally focused because, of course, most of our businesses that we uh, include here on our show are local businesses all about supporting local businesses and trades and supporting uh, the the especially right now during the pandemic it's so important for us to support each other out there Uh, i also have guests from across the country too especially from my real estate community but uh if there's anything that you need to know about in your real estate phase right now whether you're buying or selling or just thinking about things to do around the house check out our podcast because you're probably going to find something that i recorded i don't know maybe six months ago maybe two years ago maybe three years ago uh like i said 200 episodes they're all itemized with all the details there um we're just here to help you get more information. That's what I love about this job. You know, it's not a job for me. I come here and I uh, get to support other local businesses, um, the real estate community, uh, the market as a whole. Uh, I love this job. And thank you, by the way, again, for being regular listeners here to our program. It means a lot to me. I get so much great feedback from so many of you on a weekly basis. Uh, it's not a job for me. It's fun. I enjoy this. And I'll do this for as long as you guys can will listen but again we're having a best of episode today and we're going to finish up uh today's episode with a chat with my friend sandra kirkland she's at royal lepage in toronto uh back then uh, it was uh january a few uh several weeks ago she told us about the craziness of the toronto market uh giving us an insight on what's going on in the big apple Uh, if you think it's tough here in victoria you got to listen to what she has to say So listen in now on that conversation. We seem to Zoom uh, uh, often, and that is Sandra Kirkland. She's over in Toronto. She is a a manager at Royal LePage Real Estate Services uh, and a trainer and a coach, and she is a walking encyclopedia I know. I happen to know because I think she's amazing. Sandra, thanks for joining us today.
4: Hi, Tony. That's such a nice welcome. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Oh, come on. I mean, okay, first of all, let's just talk about uh, what you oversee. So your role, um, you were uh, a managing broker at a brokerage, managing like 120 people before, right? And you transitioned to the role you're in right now, right? So tell the listeners what it is you do exactly.
4: Yeah. So before that, I was uh, a realtor for uh, about 11 years in the West Greater Toronto area, about about an hour, 40 minutes to the West of, of Toronto. And I actually stopped selling in the spring of 2017. And Toronto oh, typically yeah. has been, you know, like six to eight months behind Vancouver. So we were in the height of that massive last seller's market that we saw in 2017, before the government made the changes and the, the you know, the, the investor tax and all that stuff that came down that shut the market down in the spring. That was kind of the last the last season that I sold in. And then towards the end of 2017, uh, moved into brokerage man- management. As you said, I ran a branch in West Toronto again for uh, with about 115 realtors for a couple of years. And now I've moved into my title as manager of professional development with the corporate brokerages of Royal LePage. Uh, in Toronto, we've got about uh, 1,400 realtors across all of our offices and our divisions. And the corporate brokerages also incorporate Royal LePage West and Royal Page Sussex in Vancouver
0: as well. Yeah. Yeah. North Vancouver, uh, got yes. friends over there as well. Um, so now the other thing too, is you are, you are very vocal on many of these uh, social media, uh, you know, on Facebook there's uh, realtor conversations and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and, and you are, you're the sound of reason. You're the voice of reason. Um, tell us what you are experiencing right now as far as this whole, uh, irrational, uh, irrational bidding situation that people are seeing. Cause we've already established from our other guests that is crazy over there. I mean, as much as it's bad here in the GTA, it is nuts. I mean, that's the only word that we can use for it right?
4: I think that if we could go back to the seller's market of 2017, I think we would. And I think a lot of, a lot of people took it for granted how easy that market was in comparison to today. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. So,
4: I mean, it's, it's insanity here. I mean, you know, Typically, when you look at the stats, the stats are always a little bit skewed on either side because, of course, we've got um, almost everybody is holding an offer date anywhere between five and you know 10 days post the listing hitting MLS. Um, so with that being said, I think that our, our actual days on market average isn't the 16 that the stats are sort of saying. It would actually be closer to one or two. <laughs> if we weren't holding off offers, yeah. houses would be selling that day. I mean, my parents are in the market. Right now and yesterday they looked at uh, in the Oakville in the city of Oakville they looked at an end unit townhouse that was two bedrooms uh, for 1.2 or so 1.3 million dollars and it had gone up on the market at two o'clock in the afternoon or one or two o'clock in the afternoon and by eight o'clock it had had an offer. And so now they've decided that they're going to withhold all offers and do presentation on Monday so they can get the weekend through. There probably, you know, is not an opportunity to book a showing on that, even with 15 minute showings, uh, because, of course, due to the pandemic, we're not overlapping showings. So 15 minute maximum for showings. And it's just they'll probably have half a dozen offers on Monday at one point three million dollars. It's just insanity. We can't keep up.
0: Yeah. Oh, So now you said 1.1 million right? Well,
4: 1.2 1.3 yeah, yeah. and oh. they'll probably get half a
0: dozen offers. Oh my goodness. okay so so one thing that you just brought up is the 15 minute showing windows. now here in Victoria uh, we're at 30 minute windows so, you? And, and, that's lots of time. <laughs> I'll imagine that and, and just for the listeners to understand uh, you know in a normal marketplace when it's not pandemic time, you would have we'd have like 10 parties in the house at a same time. Right. Um, of course, now we've got social distancing. We have uh, sanitizing. We've got all this kind of stuff. So we, we are limited to only having one party in the house at a time. Um, 30 minutes is hard enough as it is. I mean, I just had one two weeks ago where um, I had 50, you know, it limits the, the amount of showings. Like you've got a six hour window, that's only 12 showings. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, <laughs> to have 15 minutes, that's a bit of a. That's a bit of a nightmare for realtors because scheduling, uh, especially if you need to get around in Oakville, like that's, that's nuts, right?
4: Yeah. So now it's become commonplace where sellers are basically moving out of their home because of course, with homeschooling happening and everybody working from home as well, sellers have actually decided that they're going to take a week and they're going to move into a hotel like Homewood Suites where they've got the, you know, the kitchenettes uh, in the units And, and just to be able to get as many buyers as possible through. And inevitably speaking, what's happening more often than not is all of the prospective buyers that would be interested in that property don't even have an opportunity to see it within the week that it's on the market, let alone be able to compete against the 70 some odd offers that some listings are seeing in the greater Toronto area.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, 70 offers. That is just, it's just amazing, right? Uh, You know, something we talked about with uh, Dinesh uh, just a moment ago was, you know, when there's 70 offers, one of them wins. It means that 69 people remain out there and still you know waiting for their number to come up right
4: and more buyers being added to that every single time yeah And and so the price range that we're seeing multiple offers happening in is, of course, you know, the less expensive, um, lower priced freehold that you could possibly get within the greater Toronto area or just that you can't snap them up fast enough because everybody's trying to get into the market before the prices continue to rise. And really, the multiple offer scenarios in most places around greater Toronto area are upwards of, you know, just probably above the $2 million property mark or seeing multiple offers and properties flying off the shelves. It's just been impossible to keep up. And as a result, some of the biggest frustrations are a buyers not understanding what they need to do in order to be able to purchase property. And so the emotions and the frustrations can be very difficult for their buyer agents to 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 be able to manage. On top of that, buyer agents are struggling with the ethics of listing agents and of sellers who seem to be greedy because they're trying to sell the property for the most amount of money and therefore you know really (laughs) doing everything they can to get as many people through and to bring in as many buyers and it just it just it feels dirty all over the place when you're in this level of an extreme seller's market and I've talked to realtors who have been in the business for more than 40 years and most of them cannot recall a time when it's been this insane of a seller's market it's pretty extreme out here
0: yeah because normally the process is civilized right you have time to make decisions you know the seller is willing to talk um you know I, I i hear what you're saying i mean there's that notion of greedy sellers but you know what we represent sellers and the sellers go hey listen here's my opportunity i'm gonna i i they have every right to 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 maximize their opportunity because it may never come again
4: absolutely right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah. If you yeah, have a product
4: it, to sell and somebody offers you five hundred, but then somebody comes the next day and offers you six hundred, you're not gonna sell it for five hundred out of some sense of obligation to the first buyer. For it's sure. not how it works.
0: No, but you know, on the on the reverse though, too, there are times in the market where it's a buyer's market and it's the buyers who are taking advantage of the situation. That's right. right. It's not always a sell it just seems like it's been a long time seller season because you know we just had that 2016 2017 and you know we're back now who, who knew but you touched on something that that i want to cover and that is um uh because there's a lot of complaints online from realtors uh who hate this whole notion of sellers and listing licensees intentionally underpricing a listing well below where it it ever should be only to generate all these you know hundreds of showings um Thankfully you know, I that's feel,
4: not- I feel I feel like some of it is is sneaky and shady, but I feel like there's, it's been so crazy for so many years, to be honest. I mean, we've been in a seller's market here since 2015, you guys, you know, sort of up and down as well. And the only time that we've really had a down was that time in 2017 when the government rules changed and then at the beginning of 2020 when COVID hit. But apart from that, I think it's really difficult as a result of being in the seller's market for so long that, you know, we don't really know how to price property. So while some of it may be intentionally lowballing those. Those ones are obvious They're usually $300,000, whatever the most recent comparables are over the, over the previous no couple of weeks or months, yeah. but many of them are just like, I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to overinflate and risk that it's going to sit in a seller's market. I want to price it reasonable, but low just to make sure that we're getting that hype. And I think they're trying to do it earnestly, uh-huh. but it, the perception is that it's just, it's, it's so off the wall because none of us really know what property is valued at right now.
0: It's changing by the day. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sandra, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, listen, if people are curious and would like to talk with you, what's the best way for them to reach you?
4: S Kirkland at royalapage.ca. I'm also on all of the social social media channels, easy to Google. You can find me anywhere.
0: Yeah. Ah, oh, thanks. Thanks for joining us and uh, giving us your insight. And again, I just wanted to let our listeners know that as, mu- as much as things here are tough, uh, they are tougher in other places. And hopefully at some point in time, we can talk again the, the market is more balanced again right
4: thanks a million tony
0: great well and to the rest of our listeners we'll be here for you this time next week